Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone. Athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is comedian Barry Brewer. Barry, how's it going? Hey, going good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. Let's just jump right into it. Could you give us a little brief summary about yourself? Well, I'm a stand-up comic slash actor. I actually just got done doing my uh, Chicago screening of my special last night, so I'm in my hometown as we speak. Brought the city out to one of the schools that I'm donating a percentage of proceeds to a diet high school for the performing arts. So I had to screen there for the community, man. It was dope. So I'm here at home, but I'm a stand-up comedian slash actor from Chicago, man. Been going after it for about 15 years now. My debut special just dropped. I'm excited about that. And I got a few things going on, you know, so that's kind of a very quick version of the backstory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I want to, Jump into a little more detail. Like, what was it like growing up in Chicago? Man, it was it was it was fun. You know, I talk about it on my special. Actually, it's just about when you're poor, you don't really look at it as poor because you have nothing to reference it to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you just made the best of what you had, man. And so I had, a, you know, a decent childhood. You know what I mean? I, I always looked at other people's lives as better, but it was growing up on the South Side. You had to fight your way. I got into a lot of fights. But you just thought that one was normal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the cold weather. <laughs> it's, it's different living in L.A. now. Remember how I grew up. Like, it was just a way of life. So, But I had a decent childhood, man, on the south side, growing up, making the best out of what we had. Yeah. And uh, what made you want to become a comedian? I love to laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really love to laugh. It was um, it's something I always admired Martin Lawrence when I was younger. So when I got a little older, I was about 19, I would just always make people laugh, and this guy suggested that I do comedy. So I was like, really? He's like, man, you're really funny. And so I put my little skit together that I thought would be funny, and I got a standing ovation. So it was kind of just loving to laugh and loving, you know, comedy in general that brought me to comedy. Gotcha. What year was that when you first, was that your first show, or you just said you just got up and did like one joke? Yeah, no, I did a skit, a whole skit. Um, I was 19, what year was that? So I think that was 2002. Okay. And then you just fell in love with it? Oh, man, instantly. I call, I say I found something I didn't know I was looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when you're 19, you're trying to see what you want to do in life. I was taking some classes at a junior college, trying to, you know, because I was on my own very early on in my life. So, you know, trying to see what will be sustainable, you know, like how can I sustain myself financially? Mm-hmm. But once I did stand up, I was just like, oh, man, this is what I want to do. So I start really, you know, investing myself into it, just dived in. Like, as much as I could get up in Chicago, I would just get up. And then after two years of doing stand-up in Chicago, I was like, man, I want to do television and feature films. So I moved to L.A. when I was 21. So what was that like, moving to L.A.? You're 21, you're trying to get into the acting world, comedian world. Like, how'd you, how'd you go about it? Yeah, man. 
it was a whole new world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being a young man, you know, trying to sustain yourself. The transition from Chicago to L.A. was a culture shock, you know, because, you know, growing up on the South Side, all around all black people and you know, not a lot of other different, you know, races. Mm-hmm. So coming to L.A. is like a melting pot, you know, and it's just a different world. So that was definitely just different for me and trying to sustain myself and, you know, network and just learning. But it was a good transition. I tried to transfer and go to a junior college just to have something, you know, I think that was stable. Yeah. And after the first uh, semester, um, <laughs> the theater teacher says, man, you don't need to be here. Just go after it. You know, <laughs> this is not going to help you. And so, um, man, I just started auditioning going on Craigslist, looking for different opportunities. Anybody would give me an audition or opportunity, getting it, going to the comedy clubs, asking to get up. I actually became a parking lot attendant at a comedy club to get up at the comedy club. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the comedy union where I host my own show now there on Friday nights in Los Angeles. So yeah, man, it was a, it was definitely a lot of scratching and trying to put things together at 21 because you know i read a lot of people's story before i moved you know like martin lawrence and jamie fox and chris tucker and how they all went to la and they got discovered performing in la i was like okay that's what i gotta do because i I got something special so i need to go to la and i'm gonna get discovered you know and that was the objective so every time i got on stage in la i'm looking for somebody in the audience you know i'm kind of waiting around for somebody to come give me a movie you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story about that. A few years in, Spike Lee was in the audience. Okay. I was at the comedy store. I performed, <laughs> had a great set. Spike Lee in the audience, Spike Lee coming up to me. In my mind, I had fast forwarded how this is all gonna work. So Spike Lee was the one to give Martin his first start, Holly Berry, you know, you got a lot of people that first starting film. So I'm like already planned that this is what's gonna happen. And he came to me and he's like, Man, you remind me of a clean Richard Pryor. And he just kept walking. And I was like, you know, waiting, kind of like stalking him from a distance the whole night, thinking he was going to, you know, I'm like, maybe he forgot to give me his number, you know, to like put me in a movie or something. Maybe he he forgot. That's what it is. So I was like, all right, thank you, man, for the compliment. He's like, yeah. And he kept walking. And nothing happened. (laughs) This is a long time ago. It's all good, so, but that's, that's why you moved to L.A., because then you wouldn't have had the opportunities like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. But it was a funny story that, that I guess how it, I thought it would happen for me. You know, it was just not ideal. And every and that's something I learned, too. You know, everybody has their own journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how they get discovered, how their opportunities come, because I've seen that in my career. So, so yeah, that 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 was the, the journey from the transition from moving from Chicago to L.A. Yeah, definitely. And I like how your teacher actually said to you not to stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, sometimes, like, nowadays, like, you know, I'm sure you know, like, a lot of people are going to college, and now it's just, like, everybody has a degree. So it's like, what does it mean? Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, people are taught, you're taught to go to school and that this will help you to get opportunities in the real world, you yeah. know. And But going in the real world is better than going into the fake college world, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny. She's like, I got all this education. Nobody's ever validated it. 
she just says she has it and yeah. she does have it yeah. but nobody looks further to see if it's even real I said so you could have saved all this time and money yeah. and just said you have PhD exactly exactly yeah it's funny I mean not to get off subject but like yeah I went to my old college like a few weeks ago and I'm just like this is just like it's like a fantasy world it's like not real it's just like a four year vacation sort of yes yes and you know and people find themselves yeah. you know you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people found what they wanted to do in life in college and yeah. it wasn't related to college so you know for those people you know I think it was still a success even if you didn't finish or if it was just you finding what you wanted to do in life it's, I guess you can look at it that way and you said you started out at the place as you were working uh, valet yes so so yeah like that's what people sometimes also don't get. Like, you got to start at the bottom or start somewhere. Like, like I've done stuff for free to get to another point where, because I knew, like, if I'd done something for somebody, then, like, it'd get me to somebody else. You know what I mean? It's your opportunity. That's exactly yeah. right. And so, that's exactly what that was doing, trying to get the opportunities to get on stage. This show, this is the club that Kevin Hart was frequently performing at. Yeah. And, a lot of other comedians, Tiffany Haddish, because those are like my, well, not Kevin, but Tiffany Haddish and Little Rail, these other comedians, they're like in my class of comics. Yeah. So we're, we were all trying to get up at this particular club. You literally um, started outside to get inside. Yes, literally. <laughs> literally. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I wrote a movie about it. It's called The Parking Lot. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I wrote it when I was 21 and I produced it. It's a short film I did. I have to check that one out. So I know you, you kind of just touched on how you broke in, but like, what's been your like breakout moment? Like, you're like, all right, I'm like, I've like made it to a certain level. Um, I think that's right now. Yeah. I think you got me right now in that moment. My, my debut stand up special just dropped in Chicago. I'm home on February 19th, and it's on everywhere. You know, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play. It's on demand on all cable outlets except AT and T. And so I think this is now, this is that, that moment that you're speaking of right now. Like, I'm working on a TV show that's coming out in April. I'm on a show with Netflix, on Netflix with Kevin Hart's Guide to Black History. So it's kind of like right in this moment where it's like the defining moment. Like, I'm here. I'm, I'm starting right. to arrive to where I've always worked towards. So, um, and it feels great. It feels very rewarding. It's uh, It's been a long journey. But I can see how it was all necessary. You know what I mean? It's really humbled me. It's prepared me for these moments. You know what I mean? Like, I can tell how I'm glad certain things didn't happen for me early on or I wouldn't have appreciated it the way I do now. Um, I feel like I can handle my success more and, and be more influential and more effective at this at this point. Yeah, for sure. So I got you at a perfect time then. Before, yes, you, before, you, before you, you blow right up. and the cusp yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, it, of it. And, uh... <laughs> Where do you usually perform, like, your comedy shows, and is there any, like, venues that you really want to perform at? Definitely some venues I want to perform at. I definitely want to uh, want to perform at Madison Square Garden. Yep. Um, I want to perform on Broadway in New York. I want to perform at the United Center in Chicago, where the Bulls play, mm -hmm. um, the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Um, I'm a basketball fan, so you'll hear me in these stadiums, these basketball places often, because it's the places I thought I would go, I thought I would play basketball, so to be able to get there in a different way would definitely be meaningful to me, so um, regularly right now I perform in Hollywood um, at the Laugh Factory at the Comedy Store, um, I have a residency that I do every Friday at the Comedy Union, which is off of Pico and LeBray in Los Angeles, down from the famous Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. 
uh, yeah, but I perform all over. I do all colleges all over the country, clubs everywhere. So I'm just, you know, steady traveling. I just performed the other day. I was just coming from Piedmont College. That's a little bit outside of Atlanta from there, you know. So, yeah, everywhere. (laughs) So what's that like, just like kind of like touring the U.S.? It's fun. You get to meet people from different walks of life. So it's very interesting. You get to learn other cultures. I think yeah. that's the, the, the fun thing about it. You really get to see like, oh, wow, y'all do that. Oh, you do that like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's important to you all. You know what I mean? Like you get to see these people from different walks of life and how they prioritize their life and what's important to them. And, and also you get to see how much more alike you are. And no matter where you come from, you kind of see this commonality in everybody, you know, that everybody just wants the best for themselves and their families. And you can, can connect with other cultures that you may felt like, oh, we're so different. You know, you kind of see how connected you all are. So that's something I really appreciate and like. For sure, for sure. And uh, let's jump into, uh, I saw an article that you're raising uh, money for Chicago schools. So what, what brought that up? Well, man, it's, it's, it comes from a place when I was younger, seeing a lot of disparity in my community. It's just where my heart for my community started, and I always wanted to do something. And so as I've gotten older, I always felt like you always wait till you make it to do something. But I'm like, why can't I start now? Yeah. So with my debut stand-up special, I'm like, why not use that as a as a fundraiser to get money for the schools and I wanted to help the inner city schools which is the schools that needs a lot more resources and so um, where my screening was at last night was one of the beneficiaries or will be one of the beneficiaries of those proceeds which is um, Walter H. Diet High School for the Performing Arts which was a school that was shut down and reopened and it's you know it's all in the inner city dealing with the community and bringing kids from that very you know impoverished community to the school so that's where it started just a long time ago and this was an opportunity to do something so that's how that was initiated yeah for sure and uh i know you kind of just touched on it but why is it like important to you to give back oh man because it's, it, i was once that child yeah. that was looking for a way out because i remember when i wanted an opportunity and then every time i come back home and i see kids and, and you know you know the, the reputation of chicago it just it just pulls on my heartstrings because i care so much about those people who just don't have resources and so they result to violence and other things drugs and, and you know so it pulls on my heartstrings to say what can i do to help so that's why it's important to me because i want to make a difference outside of just being a great entertainer i will hope that my legacy is that lives were better because i lived so that's why this is very important to me and this is the first of many things that i want to do in my city one but even just overall and i'm a big fan of martin luther king and just changing the world in the in the, in the most positive way possible yeah, yeah, yeah definitely what kind of advice would you give to aspiring <laughs> comedian or actor man um be authentic in your efforts really work on your craft um really study your craft you know and know that when you get to a level of success, that it's about helping someone else get there, trying to show them the way. Those three points I would make, you know, studying your craft, being authentic in, in that. And, you know, when you arrive, don't forget where you come from and try to help someone else get there. And you said your, your comedy special just came out, Chicago, I'm Coming Home. And, uh, Chicago, I'm home. Oh, Chicago, I'm home. Yeah, uh, who am I? I'm talking about LeBron or something. I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm a big fan of LeBron. <laughs> uh, 
Yes. So you said it's on everywhere, like iTunes. Uh, yes. It's on. Yes. Chicago. I'm home. Barry Brew. Chicago. Home. It's on iTunes, Amazon Prime. It's on Google Play. It's on a demand on all cable outlets except AT and T Uverse. Um. It's on Voodoo. It's on Xbox. It's on a lot of platforms. So, do, do I ask you what happened to AT and T? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. Right, right. Like, like they were all like, mm, everybody's like, yeah, yeah. They like, mm, maybe not. Um, I don't know why AT and T is. You know, I didn't ask the distribution company why AT and T is not on the list. Yeah. But um, I'm assuming we wanted to be on their list. I'm yeah. assuming they just said no. So I don't know why, but you know, they're lost. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you ready? You ready for some fun questions? Yes. Let's get it. All right, so if you weren't a comedian or actor, what do you think would you be doing? I think I would be a barber. Oh, all right. I think I would cut hair because I like talking to people and making yeah. them laugh, so I still would do that yeah. in a different <laughs> way, and it would be something to make people feel good or something like that. Yo, that in America, I, I don't know. That's that's what I think. Yeah, that could be a good video. Like What? You go into a barber shop, and I guess, well, I mean, I would say you would be the barber, but I guess you could get your haircut, and then you just start telling jokes, and then they're like, yo, this guy's hilarious. Like, he should be like a... Like an undercover thing. Like you ever seen like the Kyrie Irving thing, and he goes in as like grandpa, and then he's like, yeah. and then he's like cooking them, but he's looking old because he's. But like, he's old, yeah, 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 yeah. Uncle Drew, Uncle yeah, Drew, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah that would be a dope concept. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's what I would do. And yeah. you know, I'm I'm all about entrepreneurship too. So yeah. yeah, I definitely would be doing something like that. And what what's like one joke that you like to tell like all the time, or you have like a favorite one? Do I have a favorite joke? That's a good question. That's a great question. It is a joke I love to do. I haven't did it. I plan on doing it on my next special. It's an act out basically on how, why I couldn't be a thug. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and because I'm too, I care too much, right? Yeah. Like I have too much empathy and sympathy that I would rob somebody and totally like give them everything back and help them even more. So I do this whole act out like I couldn't be a thug and I would rob somebody like, give me your money and I'll get it. <laughs> And I robbed this lady, right? She has her kids. I take all her money. I'm like, leave. I ain't going to kill you today. I'm feeling good today. Go ahead and leave. And so the lady's sitting there crying. I'm like, stop crying. I don't care about your tears. And I'm like, why are you crying? Why? Why are you crying? I'm letting you live. Why are you crying? And she's like, her light bill is due. I'm like, I don't care about your light bill, but how much is it? And then she tells me it's like $275. I'm like, what you got the sun plugged up in your house? What, what, why are you? How does these, how is these kids going to read? I'm like, hmm, I'm going to give you $275 of your money back. Take it and go. And so I give her the piece of that money back. And then she's still crying, standing there. I'm like, why are you standing here? I gave you some of your money back. You should be happy to leave. And she's crying. I'm like, why are you crying now? She's like, it's her son's birthday. And so I start talking to her son. I'm like, happy birthday. I'm like, what was you going to get him? She said, I was going to get him some Jordans. He really wanted some Jordans. So I'm like, you don't got enough money for Jordans. You know what I mean? With the light bill and what I got left. I'm like, is he getting good grades? She said, he's doing good. I asked him about who he like in the NBA. And I say, okay, he look like a good kid. So I give her the rest of her money back. And then I write her a check for the extra so she can go get him some Jordans. And I tell her, like, cash it tomorrow because I got to rob somebody else to make that deposit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that check clears tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what do you like to do in your free time? Um, I love to produce music. I'm a piano player. I play keys and a songwriter, so I love to make music. I love to play basketball um, and watch NBA basketball all the time. That's why I'm a big fan of, of basketball. I love the movies. I love watching films, action and comedy films. I love spending time with my family, playing games, like spades. Yeah, I love watching Shark Tank. Right. <laughs> it's like 
like one of my favorite shows. <laughs> yeah, I like that show too. I, I asked. I think I asked another actor this before, but do you watch movies differently because you've been in uh, stuff like that? Um, sometimes. Um, I try not to watch it because you can be so critical of stuff. Yeah. It got to be a good movie, though. Like, I can't watch a low, like, if the actor's not believable, like, that's hard. I can't watch those type of movies. Yeah. You know, like, if the production is not that great, as I can get to those. But you got to really bring me in the world with the acting, with the production of it. You know what I mean? That's important to me as an actor. But, yeah, I do watch it a little different, but I still try to be a fan and just a regular audience member as I watch them. Gotcha. I got one NBA question for you, and then I got two Chicago-themed questions for you. Okay, give it to me. All right. Chance or Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hard. That's so hard because Kanye been messing up so much. Because <laughs> it would have instantly been Kanye. Because I think without Kanye, there's no All right, how about we just go based on just music? Kanye. All right. <laughs> yeah, Kanye all day. Kanye laid the foundation for Chance to create what he created. Yeah. Chance would not be the artist he was if Kanye doesn't exist. So Kanye is just a, he's a genius. He's one, he's a genius, literally. He's off, but he's a genius <laughs> in music. He really is gifted in that space. Well, if he hears this, then he's just going to get more gas up because you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye went all day. <laughs> but uh, Chance would agree, too. Chance would say, yeah. he would agree. Chance would say, I got to give it to Kanye. Uh, Cubs or White Sox? White Sox. Because I'm from the South Side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's something you'll learn about Chicagoans. Like yeah. you kind of court, you kind of connect with the people that's close to you. So I was from the South Side, so White Sox all day because the, the you know the Cubs are on the North Side, so yeah. the White Sox and and the White Sox is kind of like the little brother or the underdog to the to the Cubs, and I, I always relate more to the underdog. Yeah, you know, sure. what I, mean? I feel like an underdog. Like everybody counts you out, but you you know you come and you conquer. Yeah, actually, I just saw today that the Cubs are worth half of what the White Sox are worth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and actually, I had somebody else on, and, and they're from Chicago, and they said they just said they root for both teams. Even yeah, though I, I think they're I from the North the, Side. I rooted for the Cubs when they're in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the world. Like, it, oh, yeah. They're yeah. Chicago, so I got to go for them, but if yeah, they're going yeah. against the Sox, then that's the only time I'm going to go for against them. Yeah, for sure. And the last one, you know what I'm probably going to say, LeBron or Jordan? LeBron. LeBron? LeBron all day. And you're from and Chicago. I'll tell you why. Uh, it's more than basketball for me. Uh, like, I, like people, don't, let me say this: <laughs> it's LeBron all day, and this is why. Well, that's fair. Not, I know. I go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. I get what you're reasoning. But you yeah, can say it. You can say it. It's more about it's more about LeBron taking his platform and using it for more than basketball. Michael Jordan, off basketball player, he was an amazing scorer. Period. Nobody could stand in front of him, and that was his element. He's a great defender as well, and he led the Bulls to six championships. I don't think that you can argue his greatness. I think what makes LeBron great to me is his overall essence in everything. I think he dominates the game in more ways than one. I also think off the court, he really understands the platform that he has, and he tries to make the best of it, and I think that's what makes him the greatest of all time. Yeah, for sure. I mean— I don't know what Jordan would have done if there was like social media and stuff, but I feel like he doesn't really care about doing stuff in general to like give him yeah. that play. Yeah, he does not. Listen, I've seen too many kids die over Jordans. All mm-hmm. right. Jordan has never spoken out about that. Also, I feel like 
so many people would do so many great things if Jordan would give shoes away. Like if shoes was a was a was a thing, right? Like I would give a free pair of Jordans to a student or to a school yeah. that amounts to this or that. Like like to have that be the goal. Like I just think that would change the face of the community. Like if a kid knew I needed to come to school and do what I need to, and like at the end of the school year I get a pair of Jordans. Oh my God! Like. People would change their whole mindset knowing that at the end of the day, I would get a pair of Jordan. So just the influence I think he had and wasn't very, I guess, using that to his advantage and not even speaking out. And it's a video that's out that he says that his shoes were made for white suburban kids. That's why the price range was what it was. He wasn't trying to be negative, but that's why the prices were so high, because it was specifically made for a certain child with certain resources. So those are things to me that I was just like, uh, and, you know, I'm a young black man from the south side of Chicago. That doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. Well, maybe you could start that up with your like the giving back in the school system. So. Yes, I can't. I'm not buying Jordans. I'm gonna give back. I'm giving bronze. Give him bronze. I don't buy Jordans. No, that that could be that could be some good press too, because then it's like Chicago comedian actor gives away LeBron's instead of Jordans. Yeah, that would be that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And then have Michael Jordan mad at me, right? (laughs) Because he's such a good. He ain't coming to your shows. He would, he would, and it, and it ain't no love, you know, I don't got no love loss, I think yeah. Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan, um, yeah. but, you know, that's just what it is, you know, and I hope that maybe he'll hear it and see it, and, and maybe he's like, yeah, let me do something, let me get on board with you with that, you know what I mean, like, I would hope that yeah. it would turn into something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool, well, I appreciate you coming on, and best of luck in the future, and where can people find you on social media? Man, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I do appreciate that. Um, I'm on social media. My IG and Facebook is Barry Brewer Jr. B A R R Y Brewer B R E W E R Jr. J R. And um, on Twitter is comedian Barry B. And please, man, y'all go watch the special. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Um, Chicago, I'm home everywhere. Barry Brewer, thanks so much for having me, bro. I appreciate it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 